Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Eschettino. And, well, it had to happen at some point. We always knew that the time would come around when the media networks told us who had won the election. And that day happened to be yesterday. That day happened to be on a Saturday uh, in November, almost a full week after the elections um, were held. The elections, of course, held on a Tuesday, so we didn't know Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I, I want to go over for those of you who, especially for those of you who didn't pay too much attention to it, you know, maybe don't know the the nuances, but also for those of you from other countries, exactly what why it took this long and what happened. So let's start things up. First of all, the final results of the election were that uh, Joe Biden was declared president-elect, Kamala Harris declared vice president-elect, and President Donald J. Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, it appears their tenure in office is going to end in January. Now, uh, what had happened here, it was fascinating to see, except for people who actually paid any attention in the weeks leading up to the election, but I'm very big on the belief that, you know, the, the media, and I've always said this in the United States, the United States people always say, oh, you have liberal media, you have conservative media, but you know what all the media have in common? They're all selling advertising. Okay, And so, as a result of this, you know, the liberal media, if you look back to 2015 and 2016, the so-called liberal media, they loved Donald Trump. Oh, sure, they would talk about how, you know, this and that, oh, he's a threat to democracy, he's whatever. But they loved it because every time he said something or did something, they would cover it. It became breaking news, you know. It became breaking Donald Trump, uh, you know, candidate for the presidency, said the following thing about this group or that group or this country or that person. They loved it, okay? Oh, yeah, they, it was, you know, good cop, bad cop stuff. But at the end of the day, they wanted to drag things out. Now, what happened was, basically, the, before the election, the prediction was that you were going to have the following. You were going to have an immediate, what they called the red surge, okay? You know, um, this this sounds like, you know, it, it should be a 1930s, you know, anti-communism uh, thing. But because in many states they were either not allowed to start by their own rules, not allowed to start counting the mail-in voting until um, it had gotten to the point uh, where, you know, on election day. Or uh, they just were counting all of the walk-in voting first. Now... That's where we had the issue. Uh, overwhelmingly, Republicans tended to vote in person. And so in the very beginning, what did you have? You had all of these Republican votes coming in. And that's why in states like Pennsylvania, the president was up by over 500,000 votes within the first day or so. It looked like an absolute landslide. It looked like, my God. Now, we'll get to, we'll get to that, too, about polling and, you know, why in my next life, if I'm not a meteorologist, I'm going to definitely be a, a pollster. Um, but the, the problem was that uh, 
Then once they started getting to the mail-ins, the vote started changing. There were simply more of them, and eventually the lead that the president had started going down. It was going down not because of any shenanigans. It was going down because all of these votes that were coming in were now Democratic votes, the mail-ins. Democrats tended to overwhelmingly vote in mail-ins. So even though in the beginning it looked like, oh my goodness, Trump is running away with things, eventually it came about that it was not the case, okay, and that um, in a record-setting election, there have never been more votes cast. I mean, it was so, so many votes were cast that Trump actually got more votes than any president who has ever won election in the United States, and he lost. So it was a phenomenal election from that perspective. People came out, this talk, is it a referendum on the president? What's the deal? The bottom line was just that, uh, it, you know, enough people came out on both sides, on both sides. The more Republicans came out, I think, than have ever come out in the history of the country as well. So it wasn't just, it wasn't lopsided. Um, and when all was said and done, what happened was the media did not want to call the race yet because look, it was obvious from the time that Biden took the lead in Pennsylvania, it wasn't going to go down. All the votes were now coming in from districts that were heavily Democratic and where he was winning 80% of the vote on the mail-ins. But it's no fun to call an election early. You want to try and string this out so people watch your your program nonstop. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and they did exactly that. Eventually it got to the point on Saturday, I believe it was 11.25 or so, that uh, a couple of different uh, places decided, well, you know what? It's now very obvious Biden's going to win Pennsylvania. And once Biden was declared for Pennsylvania, it was over. The election was over with. Um, he had gotten 273 votes at that point. He'll probably finish with 306 uh, because that's what he's got remaining if he takes um, uh, Nevada, Arizona, and Georgia. The state, not the country. Some news outlets didn't get that right. But anyway... Um, that's what it's looking like. It's looking like he'll have over 300 votes. Uh, but it was, it was interesting because this was presented as if it was going to be a landslide. And not just, again, not just for the presidency, for the Senate. It's not a question of how many, of, of if the Democrats are going to take charge of the Senate. It's a question of how many seats are they going to get. Well, that didn't happen. Right now you've got two runoffs. In Georgia, in Georgia, the state law is that if um, if, a, if the person does not win over fifty percent of the vote, then it goes into a runoff. They have to have another another election, basically, for the Senate. So, in both Senate seats in Georgia, um, there are there are going to be runoff elections. So, the Democrats could theoretically pick up both of those seats, at which point. They would have, I believe, 50, and of course the vice president acts as the tiebreaker in the Senate, so if all Democrats voted in favor of something, they would be guaranteed the vote, okay? They'd be guaranteed the vote, well, the vote would go their way. They would be guaranteed that they would win. So, um, and, and that, again, it didn't happen. It didn't, there, there were no massive landslides. 
And in the House, I believe the latest that I saw, they, they may have lost three seats, still in control of the House, but, you know, again, in an election where they were, you know, supposed to go. He had all of this polling saying, oh, Biden's up by this and this state, this and that state, and blah, 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 blah. So there are a couple of things I want you to take out of this if you're listening to me here. And if you actually are hearing me say this, you are listening to me. So I'll go ahead. Um, first of all, national polling means almost nothing, okay? Uh, again, as we've seen in, uh, I believe, five elections in the United States, in the history of the United States, the person with the most number of votes for the presidency has lost the election, okay? Because the popular vote overall means nothing. President Trump won. Um, he lost the popular vote, but in some states he won. Now, he only won by like 10,000 votes here, 30,000 there. doesn't matter. He won in that state. The electoral votes went to him. And so that's why this national thing and this concern about, oh, he's got more votes than anyone. It doesn't really matter. What matters are in the states themselves. And that's where we ask the questions like, well, he was up by this much in this state and he ended up barely pulling it out. Uh, there are a lot of people that have I've spoken with lately, politicos, um, you know, and, and they've thrown out all different suggestions. I think one of the biggest ones is that um, a lot of people who voted for Trump did not want to say they were voting for Trump, okay? Um, for various reasons. Uh, they were afraid that they would be labeled as a racist. They were afraid that, uh, you know, neighbors would look down on them or other people would look down on them. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I honestly don't know people who have been polled, so I can't say one way or another why they may not have wanted to do it. For me, honestly, where I live, um, the people who were, who were Trump supporters, they were very uh, out in the open. There, there wasn't embarrassment. They were very proud of what the president has done. They had flags out. You know, it was, uh, you know, placards. You know, they had all the, the, the political signs on their front lawns. Uh, it didn't really seem to me like they were, they were embarrassed. I mean, I have to be honest. I, I really, there probably were more people, even if more people in my area ended up voting for Biden and Harris, the Trump voters certainly were more out there. You noticed them. You would drive by. They would be the ones with three or four signs. They'd have the flag flying, okay, the Trump-Pence 2020 flag. So, you know, I, I don't know exactly what type of a correlation we can make here, okay? Um, there are also a bunch of people who I think, I was speaking with a very dear friend of mine, and he was talking about how he felt that the Democrats having a female, and especially a female of color, in Kamala Harris, who is half black, is half Jamaican, and she is half Indian. From India, that's the real Indian, not, you know, people always say, oh, Indian, Native American. No, no, if we had said Native American, we would say Native American. Um, that may have scared some people off. Some people may not have liked that idea because there's a general consensus. Joe Biden turned 78 uh, in a week. And the idea here is that he might not run for a second term. So the vice president's selection becomes extremely critical because that's the person who is going to be with a very good possibility. And again, I don't know this for certain. I'm not privy to these things. 
There's a very good possibility that whoever his vice president was, he or she would be the one running in 2024 on the Democratic ticket. Now, could Biden run again in 82? Of course he could. There's no law that says he can't. You know, the man's in very good physical shape. Uh, mentally, he seems to be all there, despite what some people have said. You know, I've, I've heard him talk on numerous occasions. I've seen him in action. Um, so some people may have been frightened away by that. Um, unfortunately, in the United States, there still is, there still is some racism going on here. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think that this is really a, a, an election that's going to have to be analyzed and picked over. Uh, because it's fascinating. Like, why were the polls so wrong in so many places? And what does this mean? Did all these people come out to vote for Biden and Harris? Or did they come out to vote against Trump? Now, that's important because in four years, uh, all due respect to the people that believe Trump's running again, I don't believe he will be. But if there's not a Donald Trump to run against, or anyone else with a Trump name, will these same people come out again? Will the Democrats get as big a turnout in four years as they did uh, today? Uh, well, this election what I, is what I mean. So I don't know. I, I, I think that it has to really be something that uh, the, the analysts are going to go through. And I mean, again, it's very early right now. Elections just been decided. So we've, we've got some time here. Okay, we've got some time. Uh, but it's, it is a fascinating thing to look at how this has turned out. Um, you know, the, the election was very, very big. Now, there's a lot of talk on the, some of the right-wing circles about, you know, there were illegal votes, there was fraud, there was this and that. Um, and I mean, that's fine. You can, I mean, certainly there are going to be recounts requested, for example, in Georgia, where it's very close. That is absolutely within their rights, and they will do it. Um, recounts typically do not move the vote more than maybe a few hundred, a thousand at most. Um, Biden won Georgia by several thousand. So um, could it lower the margin of victory? It could. I, but there's, they don't go and find like, oh, we found 15,000 votes in the recount. Okay, it just doesn't happen. And uh, second of all, the allegations of fraud... There hasn't been any evidence yet. Now, they're free to go to courts. The courts have already thrown out several lawsuits um, against them, but there's no real, there's nothing there yet. Now, if there is something there, by all means, you know, you go to a court and you say, look, we have evidence of voter fraud. We have evidence that the Democrats were st stuffing the ballots or we're doing this or that or, you know, filling out stuff in triplicate. If you have that evidence, that's fine. Then you go to the courts and the courts will say, oh, here's your evidence. Okay, we're going to rule this or that. So far, nothing's come up. Nothing's come up at all. Um, there is no real evidence uh, of anything other than these wild allegations that have been flying around. And one of the problems is that, and I get this, you know, people, they'll, they'll text me, they'll email me, they'll, you know, social media, DM me, oh my God, did you hear about this or that? And I'm like, okay, well, let me go and try and find it. And then I can't find it anywhere. And it's like, no, well, it was, it was on a, a Reddit thread that was copied over from the Free Republic, which was sourced out from a Q website. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, this is, uh, you know, your brother's sister's nephew's cousin's former roommate said the following. 
Uh, and, you know, again, it's like, you know, well, you know the mainstream media doesn't want to report this. Well, I'll tell you what, not for nothing, and this is not, you know, me casting any kind of disparagement upon, upon them, but given how often, like, Fox News has carried water for the president and how friendly he is with a lot of their anchors um, and, and, you know, their, their people over there, if there was evidence, if there was real evidence, Fox News would be shouting it from the rooftops. They haven't. And if they haven't been shouting, it's kind of like in sports, you know, if you see, if you see uh, 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 well, soccer for my Americans, football for everyone else in the world, if you see a player go down in the box and he, do, he gets up and doesn't complain, okay? Or if you see, if he, if he goes down, and there's a penalty, and the guy who took him out doesn't complain, doesn't run to the official trying to be like, no, I didn't touch him, I didn't touch him. That's kind of a sign. That's a sign there, okay? You know, it's like, yeah, I know I did something wrong, okay? I did something bad. The fact that Fox News hasn't been talking about this, to me, is kind of a sign that they, you know, they don't have anything solid. Again, if there was something solid, they would have done it. But perhaps, and I know this has been brought up before on a lot of uh, shows, I mean, it's nothing original by me, but it certainly crossed my mind. You know, the accusation here is that the Democrats, you know, put together this huge conspiracy to undermine the president and to give all these votes to Joe Biden uh, instead of him to illegally put votes in. Now, if that were the case, then why didn't they do something about the Senate? Why wouldn't they have just switched one or two seats in the Senate so that, well, if we're going to have the president, might as well have the Senate as well. That would make life so much easier. Because I'll tell you, if the Democrats do not get the Senate, it's going to be very tough going for President Biden. Because the Senate is simply going to do what they did for six years of President Obama's tenure which is say, you know, nope, not having it. Any of your progressive policies, not having it. Mitch McConnell has been extremely good at completely just, you know, burying this stuff. I mean, the list of bills that he refuses to even consider that have come from Democrats is, you know, higher than Everest here. As is his, he certainly has that right. That's what happens when you're Senate Majority Leader. And, you know, the old saying, elections have consequences, they do. The Democrats failed to, you know, take over in the Senate so far. As a result, you're going to have to deal with the Republican-dominated Senate for at least the next two years, okay? But that's the thing is it's like with all of these shenanigans, the Democrats didn't even bother to do that. It was simply a thing. And, and this is where it comes down to what I feel about President Trump. Uh, and, and this is not on the Republican Party. Um, this is not on conservatives. This is about an individual. President Trump is a narcissist, okay? Um, I'm not the only one who's diagnosed him with that. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm, I know enough about things. And for a narcissist, everything is about them. It's always about them. They are always the center of attention. They are always they are the, they are the, the bride at every wedding, and they are the corpse at every funeral, okay? And so I think that this is an issue of it had to be about him. I mean, the president could have come out, and I believe, I want to say it was Rick Santorum was making this argument, 
Uh, you know, look, I mean, the, the Republicans were supposed to get swept from the Senate. It was supposed to be a blowout. Uh, they held the Senate. They picked up a few seats in the House. All things con- considering they were running, a, you know, a person who ended up losing over 4 million votes, that's still a good showing by the Republicans. It was a very good showing by the Republicans. I mean, we're in the midst of the coronavirus, economic downturn, and the Republicans, the party in power, usually this is, this is where the party in power gets completely swept out. And, you know, the other party ends up having a seven or eight seat lead in the Senate and, you know, the president or whatever. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And part of that is due to the fact that Trump campaigned very, very hard uh, and rallied his troops. Again, like I told you, there's never been more votes cast for a person, uh, you know, uh, an incumbent president, for for a person who lost the presidency. He got over uh, 70 million, I believe. I mean, the final numbers are not going to be in for a little while longer, but it was, it was an outstanding showing if you look at that. But none of that matters because the only thing that matters is him. This is a conspiracy against him. This is all about, you know, the Democrats chose to go after him. I mean, you know... I know people, the old joke about Democrats, um, and this is to quote uh, Ahmed Abba, the, the great Israeli, um, you know, uh, politician, you know, to paraphrase rather, uh, he used to have a saying, to, the Arabs never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. And, uh, you know, I've always said that about the Democrats in the past, uh, you know, the Democrats have never missed an opportunity to miss an opportunity. You know, every time the Democrats have come up in a situation where it's like, here it is. It's being put up on a tee for you. Here's your chance to take power in the, in the country and start doing the, And it's like, nope, nope, we'll, we'll find a way to, uh, to not do that. And it's like, my goodness, you know, but hey, that's the way it goes. You know, Republicans campaigned very hard in spite of everything. And, uh, you know, they were, they were rewarded thusly. So, I, you know, I think that, unfortunately, I think over the next couple of months literally a couple of months, uh, it's just over two months before we're there for Inauguration Day, I, I do believe the president will launch uh, numerous, numerous lawsuits. Um, you know, him and, and his legal team will launch tremendous amount of lawsuits. There's talk about them bringing this up to the Supreme Court um, because they, they've got a six to three event. And that's, that's not going to happen. I, I just, I don't see the Supreme Court doing it. As I said, you know, John Roberts, the Chief Justice, all Supreme Courts are known by their Chief Justice. So, for example, um, if I was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, it would be known as the Ashitino Court, as long as I was the Chief Justice, as long as I was in, in there. So this is the Roberts Court right now, okay? And John Roberts has to look for his legacy, People are going to view the decisions made by his court and they're going to view them as basically, you know, in terms of they're going to talk about the Roberts court. If you make terrible decisions, like, God forbid they were to be like, okay, yeah, we're going to vote to invalidate three or four states and, you know, do this and that. I mean, that would be something I, I, I can't even imagine it happening, but... If it did, it would be unparalleled. I mean, people would be talking about the Roberts Court as the court that ended democracy or something like that. So he doesn't want to get in the middle of this. It's a settled issue, 
at this point. Um, again, if there is evidence of voter fraud, they are more than welcome to bring it out, and it will go to it will go to the courts. The courts will make the decision. But so far, none of that has come out, and so far, many Republicans have come out and uh, basically supported Joe Biden, validated his win. Um, from what I was reading the other day, uh, both Jared Kushner, Ivanka, and uh, Melania, the president's wife, are all trying to convince him to, uh, to leave, well, to, to accept the defeat. He'll leave eventually, but to accept the defeat, um, you know, there is a sense of dignity here. Uh, a president has to have some dignity. It, it is an extremely, extremely important position. Um, you are the most powerful man in the world, or woman in the world, as the case may be. And, you know, what you do, whether you are, you know, successful or not, um, I remember reading at George H.W. Bush, who lost, he was the last one-term president we had. He lost in 1992. He won in 88 against Michael Dukakis, and he lost in 92 against Bill Clinton. And he left Clinton a note in the drawer. That's, that's another tradition the presidents have. They leave each other like a letter. Not a long letter, but just a letter. And basically he said, hey, listen, you know, uh, you know uh, Mr. Clinton, you're going to be president now. And, you know, you carry the, I'm paraphrasing this, this is obviously not word for word, but you carry the weight of the country on you. You know, it's a very difficult position, but, you know, I know that you could do it. We are all supporting you now because we're all Americans. And if you need any help with anything, you know, I'm always available to consult. And the ex-presidents club have always done that. They've always been there for one another. Um, they've always helped one another out when someone is, you know, it's just, it's, it's an extremely, you want to talk about an elite club. I mean, it's the elites of the elites. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's extremely rare and a lot of presidents end up with two terms. So, you know, or if you're FDR, you end up with more than two terms. So, you know, it's just, it's not that often. I mean, you know, you could, you could go through the childhood. I mean, I went through from, you know, um, my entire time growing up, from when I started remembering things. Yeah, yeah there was George H.W. Bush. That was because I, I don't really remember Reagan too much. I was, I know I was 10 by the time. I remember the tail end of him. But um, so George H.W., Bill Clinton, George W., Barack Obama, and now President uh, Trump. I really remember five men who have had that office in the 42 years of my life. I mean, it's almost like being manager for the Dodgers, you know, you, you, you have like four of them in the 70 years of, you know, the organization. It's, it's very, it's a very unique thing. And I think that the president, the current president would do very well to, to you know, eventually, yes, launch, launch the things into the court, but eventually you have to be like, okay, well, you know, congratulations and uh, I'm going to run again in 2024, blah, blah, blah. I don't expect this to happen. I don't expect him, number one, I don't expect him to run again in 2024. And number two, I do not expect a, um, I do not expect him to uh, gracefully exit, unfortunately. Um, it's just not in his character. That's not who he was when he was a real estate developer in New York. And it's not who he is right now. Um, but one can always hope. One can always hope. So 
we'll have to see. But anyway, we've we've got it. Uh, the glass ceiling has been shattered. Um, you know, we have a female, a woman of color, you know, who grew up. And it's amazing how many of these people, I mean, Bill Clinton uh, was a, you know, a, a child of a single uh, parent household and who grew up in near poverty, brought himself up there, accomplished, you know, became the, the greatest man in the land. Uh, you know, then you have uh, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, the same single parent, put it, pulled himself up through there, became the greatest man in the land. Kamala, same thing, you know, raised by her mom, uh, an immigrant, both parents being immigrants, you know, and she's managed to, to bring herself to this point. So I think it really, it goes to show you that it is possible in the United States. It's difficult many times. I'm not going to say that. There are a lot of things against you, but you can do it. United States is a tremendous country, and, you know, it's, it's now up to President-elect Joe Biden. He's got his plate full. I mean, this, this epidemic, this pandemic is still going to be raging when he takes office. The economy, unemployment in the United States is still going to be up tremendously. And you have deep divides. You have half of the country that, you know, is looking at, you know, the other ones with the, giving them the stink eye. It's not going to be easy for him. But that's, you know... He doesn't have the choice. It's his now. He's got to take all of this on, and he's got to do something about it. And, you know, let's hope that he's able to, from everyone, from all different political spheres, we're always hopeful that the president is able to take on the challenges that come against them, because there are many. In any case, that's all for me for tonight. I just wanted to recap the election here. Um <clears throat> And uh, hopefully by next week we'll have some more stuff to talk about with this. But in any case, uh, you know, definitely keep your eyes open, your ears open about what's going on out there. Uh, because there's going to be a lot of stuff. You're going to hear a lot of stuff in the next couple of weeks, um, you know, about uh, all of this stuff and lawsuits and whatnot. But uh, take it from me, for right now the election is over. Um, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to be the next president and vice president of the United States of America. If you have any questions, concerns, anything that you want to, um, you know, say, by all means, you can either leave your comments on Anchor or um, you can send them to me. I'm on Instagram, my after school history at Antonius Optimus. Um, those are I'm also on Twitter, uh, you know, Ashes Army. So, uh, you know, definitely have something. And just the, the, the final the final word on today um, I will say because we won't be talking again before them, but uh, the 11th is coming up. And again, the 11th is we used to be called Armistice Day in the United States. It's Veterans Day now and it's Remembrance Day uh, elsewhere on Europe. It signifies the ending of the First World War. Uh, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month was when the war, well, it ended for all intents and purposes on the Western Front. Uh, an armistice was signed. Um, and so I might put something out on that. I'll definitely have something on my Instagram about it. But, uh, you know, it's just, it was the end to four horrifically bloody years uh, of just absolute mayhem and murder and just, you know, where where men's bodies were broken and tossed aside like toys before you know, an impatient toddler. And, uh, you know, at 11 o'clock in the morning, 
wherever you are, uh, just take a moment, just take a moment to think about what it meant and, and what it was. I was fortunate enough to be in London for the 100th anniversary in 2018. I was there in London and it was extremely moving. It was a very, very, uh, the, the gravity of the situation was tremendous. So, but wherever you are in the world, just think back to the fact that, you know, this finally ended this horrific war, 1918. All right, I will talk to all of you. I hope everyone's remaining safe. Please wear a mask, be smart, stay six feet apart. You know, if you're going to go out places, just just do the right thing, and we will eventually beat this stupid pandemic. I will talk to all of you next week. Bye-bye.